This is a strange set turn of events. Where we talk about self-care in all of its various forms. I'm Jordan. I'm Kato. All I know is that what I'm doing makes me feel powerful. I don't need validation because I love myself enough to self-validate. Yes, girl! And if that's not for you, if, you know, crystals don't get you hard, then... <laughs> um, then the basics Both are... loved and loathed that at the same time. Are we? <laughs> this is a strange Saturn of events. Get it, witch. It's Dirty 30. Yes, 30 episodes. How the fuck have we had 30 episodes worth of things to talk about? Honestly, sometimes I was like, am I prepared for this? But... Here we are. We're you know, right. to be honest, I have a feeling that whether we can wrap our heads around it or not, we probably still have 30 more episodes worth of, like, oh. juicy shit to unpack. Easily. <laughs> Easily. And speaking of juicy shit, we are going to talk about dating. <laughs> um, so, yeah, today is, is a different sort of episode where we are both bringing our self-care while dating tips and tricks to the table and having a conversation around dating and if we're being candid and real which this episode will be really that we have been so in our heads and our hearts and our feels about this episode like we've just been going back and forth about like should it be this or should we do this and like yeah it is like insane it is it's probably the most that we've been like that like thinking that heavily about no it's literally the most we've ever talked about an episode before actually doing it i think with the exception of when we had our first guest christina on yeah but that was just like preliminary we didn't know we were like wait do we what format do we but now we're like we're doing this thing that's super vulnerable and kind of scary and i was saying earlier like any other person like any other two people that aren't us would just treat this dating episode like oh we're doing a cat like casual like dating episode no big deal no big problem but like this is the real shit uh, your scorpio venus and my capricorn venus are like the most intense and serious signs when it comes to love and relationships so of course we're taking this super fucking seriously yep um so I don't really know what this will look like. It might get heavy. It might get raw. We're both a little raw right now. So, um, yeah, at the very least, I hope it's relatable. I think it will be. I think it will be, too. It's going to be great. Buckle up. Yeah. Um, Do you want to do, like, a a brief, like, what's up? Like, what's up? Oh. First. Things have been (laughs) truly... I think I've said this, like, six times on this podcast that I'm like, oh, this is the busiest I've ever been in my life. This is quite actually the busiest I've ever been in my life to the point where I'm, like, scheduling 20-minute breaks to make sure I eat something. I don't think I've gotten more... I'm averaging about four hours of sleep for the last three weeks just because I'm... I got a new job. I'm closing that job. I get home at 3 a.m. I'm waking up to go to my other job at 7.30, and it's like... It's just been such a shitstorm, and I know a lot of it is, like, residual Aries energy, because, like, I just was, like, so excited to get started on personal projects and to be making more money and all this stuff, and it um, has left me feeling, like, really burnt out, and I will be doing a whole episode about burnout, Mm -hmm. Um, but I, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I feel like 
if I'm answering this question honestly, I'm not doing particularly well right now. I know that I have a trip coming up um, on Sunday that I'm leaving for and that that time to just like be on my mom's bed with my cat in the sunshine for like 10 days is really going to be some like true, true medicine because I'm just like not in a great place right now. Yeah. You know? And I think that like you've done a really great job of like just leaning into being Mm -hmm. authentically like not so okay. Mm -hmm. And I think that we are so conditioned to like chase the high and like chase the good and chase all of those like bright shiny like happy sensations Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of like going and doing and moving but we forget that like we are cyclical beings Mm -hmm. and that ebb and flow is like part of the process yeah so there is a time to let go and push and move and and manifest and do all of the active parts of being a person but also there's times where we fall and we fail and we need rest and we need Mm -hmm. recuperation we need to integrate and like um I think we are shamed away from sitting in that which is really detrimental to like the entirety of just like being a full person and going through the cycles of what it is to be a person so yeah one of the things that I've been continually coming back to is like I've been like really sad lately I just went through a breakup just for all of you out in cyber world which we'll talk about because it's a dating episode we'll get to it (laughs) um so I just went through a breakup like very very recently like a week and a half ago and um what I'm realizing I'm coming back to more and more in this whole process and truly over the course of the last like six months has been this idea of not imbuing an emotion with a, a category of this is a good thing to feel or this is a bad thing to feel. Yes. And just recognizing that like, what if we just acknowledge and sit with sadness as just something that happens rather mm-hmm. than being like, oh, it's bad to feel sad. And like that has been really helpful because it's really allowing like any blockages that I have energetically or emotionally to like move aside and just be like, this thing has to go through because otherwise it's just going to get worse. So identifying that, yes, I'm feeling sad. Yes, I'm feeling angry and frustrated and rejected and disappointed and all those things that happen when you break up with someone. But acknowledging that like feelings don't fall under a category Mm -hmm. of something that is good for you to feel or bad for you to feel. So like not rejecting the sadness and just sitting with it and being a part of it has been super healing yes, and the, I love that. I love it too. And it, like it always times out when shit like this happens to me. I say happens to me that sounds super victimy, but like when this stuff happens in my life, it always times out that I have a trip home like mm-hmm. right after it. Like it's not even like a planned thing. It's like I booked the trip like months ago yeah. and then this happened and I was like, "Great. Well, now I get to go home and be in the desert, which is like one of the most healing places for me." So, yeah. I'm uh I'm optimistic in my sadness, but I'm recognizing that like sadness is fine. Yeah, it's okay. And just like we always cycle back to, the only thing we have to count on is change. Mm-hmm. Like the only thing we know to be a fact and to be true and to be real is that what you're feeling now will change. Yeah. And if you are accepting and sit in that feeling. Mm-hmm you have the potential and the power to transform that feeling into a lesson. Yeah. Um, and if you're rejecting feelings or stuffing them away or putting your head in the sand to hide from them, right. then you're missing out on the opportunities that just all of the things that bubble up out of us 
kind of point to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I also think that it, um, it kind of staves off those more like toxic mentalities of like suspicion or jealousy or negative self-talk or, you know, those things that really are kind of like poisonous in terms of your healing process that can really skew your mentality and just like twist you into a different place. And so, um, I'm recognizing that just like, it's like, do, did you see Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them? Mm-hmm. Okay. You know how they... Uh, yes. You know how they I'm a Harry Potter about... stan. I'm going to see it all. Stan. <laughs> but um, they talked about how like the... What was the name? Oh my God. I'm such a bad Potter nerd right now. But the name of the child who was like, had that darkness that was inside of him. Yeah, and, like, the Obscurus. The Obscurus, yes. And how like, it was... Like, Ezra Miller? Well, it was just... Comes... No, but you mean Ezra Miller. Sure. Do you know... Oh, he's... Um, yeah, never mind. I don't know. I don't know. He's the actor. Culture. I don't know pop culture. Um, but they, like the Obscura being like, um, like born out of like the festering of bad emotion or bad negative emotions or things that are, you know, we just talked about it not being a negative thing, but it's born out of the like anger and the like toxicity that rises out of that kind of sadness. Yeah. I very much interpreted that as being born out of shame. Yeah. And so much of our society shames us out of feeling mm-hmm. a whole spectrum of our emotions Yeah, and shames us out of like following our desires or accepting mm-hmm. our desires and like leaning into the things that make us authentically us and mm-hmm. not this cookie cutter version of like what society that like that very round hole that us square pegs are like meant to fit into yeah. in society. Um, and so unburdening yourself of that shame and just mm-hmm. like fucking being in it because you have to be in it and not, I'm not being scared t- of it. Yeah. That's the other part of it. Yeah. I'm not scared of it. I'm just a little like, all right, You're I'm tired. I'm tired. So, well, I'm glad that you have this time coming up to like rest and recoup because you deserve that. <laughs> Thank you. I do deserve it. Yeah. How are you doing? Um, I'm good overall. I'm good. still, I've been sick for like the last week and a half and yeah. I'm like still going through that kind of. So, um, just trying to like work that out of my system. I feel like I'm in an, a really interesting place because I feel so satisfied in so many ways. Like I've been doing a ton of readings. Like yeah. this week itself, I like this week and next week, I don't really have anything work wise. Mm-hmm. I just have readings. I just have homework. I just have my astrology lessons. And it is like so viscerally right. Mm. Nothing has felt so right. I love that. And there is, there's nothing that I have done externally because I feel I th- it might be my Leo moon, but I feel like I'm a fucking rock star in a vacuum. Sure. Like, in my own, in my space, when I have the security of just my knowing and myself to take into account, mm-hmm. I am fucking doing everything right. Right. But put me out into the world and that sense of self and that sense of like confidence gets shaken a little bit. Yeah. But sitting across from someone and just putting into words their astrological makeup mm-hmm. and the things the things that make them the complex individual that they are, there's just like an ease and a flow and an intuitive like knowing that I've never felt before. Mm. And it's kind of scary because it feels like I'm making shit up, but it also is so validating, especially when I've read Complete Strangers, Right. for me to say something that I can see hits them in a way and their like mouth drops open and they're like, 
how, how did this, you know? How does this person I've like literally never met before have such a like complex and clear description of like so many things that I've known to be true about myself? And that is so fucking rewarding. And yeah. I feel like taking steps in that every day solidifies my understanding that like this is what I'm meant to be doing. That's great. And it is so incredible. And I'm pairing that that satisfaction with a lot of dissatisfaction when it comes to relationships. So this is kind of like a really timely um, episode for me because I am really unpacking what sort of... Because I'm feeling this pull to engage in some sort of relationship, Mm. but I'm trying to take inventory of like what the kind of relationship I am ready for. Mm -hmm. Um, and we'll get into it more specifically, some of the work that I'm doing, because I think that it's essential and it's our responsibility. If we are looking to, um, sort of align ourselves with another individual. Yeah. Um, so just trying to like get a hold on, what my needs are versus what my wants are Mm -hmm. versus what my ego is telling me versus what my soul is speaking to me. Mm -hmm. And also knowing that like, I'm kind of in a place of like limbo and to really root myself into anything might not be the best idea right now. So just like allowing the seeds of sort of like clarity as far as relationships go on my end to start to like take root and like to start to blossom a little bit so that I can get an understanding of like what would be supportive for me Mm -hmm. to seek out in a relationship. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think that's really great because I think you and I like just you and I walking like very tangential paths of like Mm -hmm. feeling very similar things of like excitement and success career-wise and like feeling like we're finally on the right path with the work that we're doing and then also this juxtaposition of like okay the next element of this is relationship stuff and like the intricacies therein well and it's been interesting because you've been such an anchor for me during this time because um starting pretty much at the beginning of the year was when and still to now um I've been pulling that lover's card and that two of cups card, which is the soulmate card and the partnership card and my Leo moon with a flair for the dramatics and also this like constant craving for attention and to Mm -hmm. be seen and to be valued. Um, I think I got a little carried away with the idea of being presented with the notion of a soulmate and the notion of a twin flame and the notion of like a partner that is right for me that might be right in front of my face. Yeah. And also communicating that to you and you bringing me back down to earth and being like, maybe the soulmate is you (laughs) and me being like, that couldn't possibly be it. I distinctly (laughs) remember one moment at your house where you're like this twin flame card, this, this lover's card. Oh my God, where is this person? And I remember getting up to go pee and I was like, it's you. And I walked out of the room and you were like, (laughs) I was like, but maybe it's, but, and then maybe, and you're like, maybe not. Maybe it's not. Um, so I mean, I'm really still grappling that because I do pull the lover's card constantly. And at this point, because it's happened for so long, 
I, I have, I, and it might be an, an illusion or a delusion, but I have this person that I've attached to this mm-hmm. card and yeah. I'm trying to disassociate that because it's creating tension on my end with this person and I think it also is doing a disservice for me to go into anything with that sort of like mentality. It's the same sort of thing that like I personally view like marriage to be like deciding to spend your whole life for the rest of the rest of eternity with this person until you die. Mm -hmm. And anything other than that is a failure. And so I don't want to approach this person being like, but you are my soulmate. You might not know that, but I know that. And Mm -hmm. then for it to be off base is like just a like a waste of my energy when I could be funneling that towards myself, right. filling myself out so that I call in the person that really does reflect a twin flame or a soulmate. Yeah, I think that like especially when we first embarked on this like kind of magical journey of like you know like truly our like our spiritual awakening as Ambie would call it like this idea that. Um, we pull our tarot cards, we get our crystals, we do our readings, we get these pings from the universe and we're like, oh, that means the universe is about to gift me with something very tangible, like a relationship or that job I've always wanted or this thing or that thing. And like, as the work has continued and working, you know, talking a little bit with Ambi, talking with Che Che, talking with Rose, like working with you, working with everybody that we work with, the more time goes on, like my main thing this year has been like, manifesting abundance financially and I'm like well why the fuck is my bank account still not where I want it to be and then the time has gone on and the mentality has shifted that like abundance mindset does not mean like instant gratification yeah and, or like, even tangible abundance not even tangible abundance and like applying that that idea of like manifesting abundance financially to like manifesting that in terms of a relationship like it is the same level of like process that you have to go through To understand that, like, it isn't, like, drawing the lover's card constantly that means, like, you're going to bump into somebody on the street. Like, it's just, like, here's the universe having your meet cute for you or whatever. It's, like, I mean, if if it were that easy, life would be so beautiful. (laughs) But, like, it, you know, it just doesn't ever really pan out that way. And I think the work that we're about to talk about and we've already started talking about is, like, a lot of um, kind of what needs to go into it in order to create energetic fields that get this person in your life or get those people or get that job or like yeah you know it's not like it's not something that you just go well if I say my prayers to the universe then I'll get this gift it's like and it's also like kind of dismantling that very masculine linear mindset that's like we do point a and point b you know becomes the next step and it's like that's not how it always goes right you know energy works in cycles energy works abstractly energy is of its own volition so mm-hmm. to think that like you do this then this happens yeah it's not cause and effect is, yeah or yeah, like it's not yeah exactly in mm-hmm. line with what is really gonna come your way yeah and you might miss it yeah yep if you're too it's like that thing where you're like too focused on one thing and then like all of this other stuff is happening behind you there was an exercise i can't remember what it was but it was talking about is in a podcast is talking about, like, look around the room and find everything that you can see that's yellow. And then you're, like, the exercise, you go around, you count all the things that are yellow. And then they're, like, how many things are red in the room? And it's, like, oh, shit, I was so focused on figuring out what the yellow things were, I completely forgot that red was a color. Yeah. Like, so, yeah, it's different. It's, like, getting avoiding getting that tunnel vision, but also, like, just 
maintaining an openness and an understanding and awareness. Yeah. So with that. So, yeah. Um, so I thought that I would start with my dating stuff. So I have mentioned this a million times that it's prevalent now. I'm single for the first time in my adult life. Mm -hmm. So all of the knowledge that I have accumulated about dating has really come in the last like seven months Yeah. because I, um, I had the awareness right after my breakup to know that like I wasn't ready for dating. Like I wasn't ready to put myself out there and meet someone new and be vulnerable and be authentic because I didn't know what my authentic self was. Right. Um, I didn't know that I could be vulnerable because I was just scared and Mm -hmm. I was so foggy and unclear about what I wanted. Mm -hmm. So about seven months ago, I dipped my toe into dating. Um, we did a like three week stint on the apps. We'll talk about that. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think that like first and foremost, when you're going into dating, the dating arena, um, the first thing you need to figure out is like what you're looking for. Um, because there's all sorts of dating. Like you can, are you, is it winter and you just like want to find someone to like Netflix and chill with and order Thai food? Mm -hmm. Like, are you looking to just fuck? Cause that's cool too. Are you looking to build a solid relationship? Do you want a partner? Um, and that can change. Like Mm -hmm. you can start looking to fuck and like then learn that, no, you want to like settle down, whatever that means for you. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that as long as you continue to check in with yourself Mm -hmm. and allow the people that you are calling in, that you're swiping right on, that you are agreeing to dates with, evolve with your evolution of what you're looking for so like you can start and swipe right on every fuck boy or fuck girl or oh fuck person wow i hated the way that sounded i just say wow 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 i say fuck boys double standards don't general exist gender neutral for sure yeah oh that's a terrible term we're not gonna use that again so any fuck person um but if you find that you're actually looking for a relationship then like stop swiping on the fuck people yeah that's how that's you're gonna how that works how the people are gonna line up with your intentions yeah um so i separated the dating tips into sort of casual dating and then the things that you should look to or do when you're searching or hunting for a partner mm-hmm. um first and foremost if you are dating meeting new people it doesn't matter what your intentions are Tell your friends where you're going. Yep. So you're you're my point person. So every yeah. time I go out on a date with someone, um, whether it's a first date or a second date, if there's still someone who I consider to be a new person, I text Cato and I say, I am meeting so-and-so at so-and-so at this time. This is their phone number. This is where they work. This is all the information. I also get pictures. the screenshot of the like Bumble, Bumble page. Yep. I always get the screenshot and I'm like, I will kill someone. I also can get on Facebook right now and find out who the fuck this person yeah, is. Yeah, I was like, here's a picture. Here's all the information that you need to know because murder. Because yes. because murder. Um, so, and then we do like, a, I'll text you at this time or like if Mm -hmm. I don't hear from you from that I will come and and throw bows and make sure that you're safe and um 
just make sure that you have your bases covered because yeah. we live in a fucking insane world. Yeah, we really do. And honestly, I've told, I've told everyone I've been on a date with that, like, people know where I am right now. Like, I'm not very, um, like, secretive about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if anyone is weirded out by the fact that you are making sure that you are safe in a situation, then get the fuck out of that situation. If anyone thinks twice about you covering your bases, that is not a person for you. Yeah. <laughs> and and following up on that, like not only like letting friends know where you're going for a date, I uh, in addition to there's a number of reasons why I have this, but I don't I, don't, I have a no sleepover policy for well, the most part. Yeah. I'm gonna, yeah, we'll talk about that yeah. too. Um, also making sure that like if this is someone who's new, not getting a ride home from them, yep, take a lift. Take CTA. I have this tricky thing, tricky thing, sneaky thing that I do where when I suggest a place to meet, I make it in my neighborhood, like within mm-hmm. walking distance. Mm-hmm. So, and I don't tell them this. Right. Um, but so I can get there super easily and I can get my home, myself home super easily. I don't have to wait for a bus. I don't have to wait for a lift necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't allow them to take me home or walk me home or yeah. whatever. Also, not sleeping over at their house. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, piggybacking on that, the next thing that I think is super important when casually dating, or dating in general, but specifically casually dating, is knowing your boundaries and enforcing your boundaries. Yes. Um, as women, I'm going to generalize, but mm-hmm. as women, we are conditioned to please and appease. Mm-hmm. And it becomes more difficult with that sort of conditioning to set and enforce really rigid boundaries. And I have had opportunities recently where I bent on my boundaries. Mm. And luckily, I'm the kind of person who's not going to put myself in a like traumatic situation right now. But like, it ended up being like, a bummer. Like I have a no sleepover policy. We're both not great sleepers. Nope. So unless you're a person who I'm willing to compromise my sleep for, I'm not sleeping over at your place. I'm not I'm not letting you sleep over at my place. I don't mm-hmm. want to make you coffee in the morning. I don't want to deal with you in the morning. Like I'd rather hit it, quit it and like let's go. Um but like a couple months ago like I didn't enforce that boundary and mm. I had someone sleep over mm. and it was like like I said not the worst thing in the world but I was just oh, like I, I remember that I was like who yeah. was this no <laughs> I woke I up in the morning and I was just like I'd rather you not be here get out yeah, of my like, house I live by myself and I have like weird like living by yourself morning shit to get done and like you're in the way of that right yeah. now yeah um put it also putting a pin in that for later like talking more partnered stuff about sleepovers yeah. because I think people hear the no sleepover policy and they're like, well, what the fuck? I have clarification about that that we can go off of later. Yeah, but it's also like <clears throat> even with a new person, if they he- take your boundaries, hear them and push them, push or- them, reject them, disrespect them, try to manipulate them, get the fuck out. Yeah. Because that is not a person who respects you or respects where you're coming no, from. No, not at all. Um... That also being said, when dating, first date, second date, new people, remember that, like, you don't really owe them anything. Nope. You know, you don't, it's not your responsibility to take care of their feelings. Nope. It is your responsibility to act with 
respect and compassion, just mm-hmm. the same sort of thing that you would extend to like any other human being. Mm-hmm. Uh, communication is a huge bonus point. Yep. Um, but for example, <laughs> in my time is this the- on the dating apps, <laughs> I went on. So three weeks, I went on five dates with four different people. So there's one second date. And the reasoning for the second date was not a good one. The reasoning for the second date was, he's not terrible. Which is truly not a reason to go on a second date with someone. I got that text and I was like, oh. (laughs) I was like, he likes crystals. Yikes. Okay. Um, So I went on four dates with new people and all of these dates culminated in the person I went on a date with having a phenomenal time Mm -hmm. and me not having that phenomenal of a time. So I went on one two hour coffee date with this person (laughs) and I get this text afterwards that's like I can't wait to see you again like we're so compatible like you all these things like blah 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 I did the best time and I was like I'm so glad you had a great time it was really nice to meet you and I was like I have to be honest like I didn't feel a ton of chemistry but like you're a really great person and like I know you'll find the person who's right for you right which is a perfectly acceptable thing to send to somebody wish you the best high five goodbye thanks for coffee yeah then, what I said to this person clearly struck a chord with them. And what I received back was, like, the stages of grief. So, like, there was some denial in there. Uh-huh. There was bargaining. Mm-hmm. Then there was, like, a lot of anger where, mm-hmm. like, I apparently did all the things wrong and I didn't have and the... you didn't realize what a catch this person was. I mean... That I, was the text. That oh, no. I was like... <laughs> I, was, I was not as um, advanced as this person was. Advanced yes. as a person. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then I got... There was some lashing out. And I did not go through the whole the whole stages of grief with this person. I don't have the time. The you also knew this person for two hours. Truly two hours. And, like, I should be charged for this emotional labor. The, yeah. Like, even just giving, even just hearing this person out after saying my two cents was yep. like, I should have Venmoed them. But um, none of that was about me. Right. And I think that younger versions of myself would have taken that personally. Oh, and been for like, sure. I hurt this person. Oh I must have God. done something. Yeah. I must have. But it was so clear that, like, this person was triggered by what I said mm-hmm. by this rejection, quote unquote, and whatever work they neglected to do in their life bubbled up and they placed it on me. And I decided this isn't mine. I'm not going to hold it. And I let it go. And they were like, wait, what? Yeah. Oh my God. I had, did I, I told you about the date that I went, I went on like two dates. This was a while back. This was like two years ago. I went on two dates with this person and it was fine. It was fine. He was fine. He was sweet. I was also, like, still in the throes of, like, a fucking major breakup that really fucked me up. And I remember he he was, like, texting me being like, you know, if I'm being honest, I want you to be my girlfriend. And I want to take you to your shows. And I want to, like, you know, I just want to, like, build something with you. And I was like, I'm not feeling that way. And I'm also, like, not interested in monogamy. So I don't think that this is going to work. And he straight up told me 
you don't know what you want. And I was like, oh, I don't know what I want. You don't know. But oh, my God, it was so fucking crazy. So very similar. Yeah. I just think that like knowing that like in dating and in getting to know a new person and to having to like navigate your needs Mm -hmm. and your boundaries and their needs and their boundaries, shit is going to come up and chances are 75% 75% of the time, maybe 90% of the time, it's not about you. Yeah. And so don't take it on. You don't need mm-hmm. to. you got enough shit to worry about being your own person mm-hmm. to hold other people's baggage that they have not dealt with themselves. Yep. So those are like my main casual dating tips. Great. Um, if we haven't noticed, I'm a very like inward out sort of person. Mm-hmm. So... Particularly when it comes to like seeking a partnership and building a solid relationship, um, I think there's a lot of work that needs to be done on our end as individuals mm-hmm. before even entertaining the idea of like building a partnership with someone. Right. So I think the first thing, maybe not immediately after a breakup because like it's also raw, but eventually after a breakup or if you're like looking to um, you know, search for a partnership, um, really sitting and diving deep into your past relationships is essential. Yeah. Like painting a picture of each of them. What was the common theme between all of them? What are the recognizable patterns? Exactly. What role did you play in each relationship? Was it the same role? Does that serve you? Mm -hmm. And recognizing the patterns that we continue to act out in our relationships and evaluating if those patterns are aligned with the person you are or if they're not. Right. Um, for example, so much of this past year for me has been a fucking reality check mm-hmm. when it comes to myself as a partner. Um, and I did so much unpacking to understand like how I can be so changed in a relationship. Uh. I... The person I am on my own, in a vacuum, even when I'm not with my, like, physically in the space with my partner, with my friends, with people who know me as the autonomous person that I am, I have strong opinions, I have a strong sense of self, like, I am very enigmatic and I'm very a unique individual, but I have this tendency in a partnership to bend and shift and change and mute myself and dim my light and stand in shadow to serve another person. I do that too. And it, and I understand, and I understand where it comes from. Um, um, I recognize that the way I choose a partner has so much to do with my relationship with my dad. And I have a feeling that if we all do the work, it'll be clear that like, one of our relationships with our parents is is very much a mirror of how we are in relationships. Yeah. And I had the kind of relationship with my dad where I worshipped him and feared him. Mm-hmm. He, I just admired everything about him, his, his place in the world, his perspective on the world, his wisdom, his adventurousness, his just like no fucks given, his ability to surrender and be present. And he just like had such a presence about him. And I lived my life in so much fear that I wasn't, uh, fear that I wasn't worthy of being his daughter. Mm. And so I find partners 
that I admire and that I worship and I want to support and I want to be a cheerleader for and, and an unconditional source of love for. Mm-hmm. But that fear creeps in and I allow myself to shrink to be acceptable for my partners. And I am so good at compromising and shrinking where I may be too much mm-hmm. because I'm a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I take relationships very seriously. I'm a Capricorn Venus. But I allow my sense of self to be clouded mm-hmm. and I let their perspectives and their um, just like all the things that they are as an individual overshadow me. Mm-hmm. And when I recognized that that was a pattern, it was like a stab and like ugh, a twisting of the knife right to my gut mm-hmm. because that is not aligned to the person that I am. Right. And if I'm not bringing the most fully realized version of myself to a relationship, I, at this point, am not willing to do a relationship. Yeah. If I can't learn to maintain my sense of self and my autonomy, I don't want to do it. Yeah. And also realizing that, like, I was a person that put my worth into the potential of a person. I, like, dated and loved and built a relationship with a person's potential, and it was my project to get them there. Right. Ugh. And that is the grossest thing to, like, say out loud because I don't want to be that person. But it's a really great thing to realize about yourself. Oh, for sure. But to face that... Mm -hmm. And to know that I left this past relationship feeling completely worthless and valueless and powerless because my entire sense of worth was wrapped up in his well-being and his growth and his expansion. And that Capricorn Venus, too. Like, that's some big validation stuff that needs to be unpacked and, like... Yeah, and so I, going into whatever relationship or partnership I find... I am not willing to carry those patterns Mm -mm. forward. No. Um, And having the awareness around them, I am able to kind of take the path less traveled as far as my relationships have gone. And it empowers you to make decisions that are are useful to the health and well-being of you in a relationship and, like, can... That set you up for success in building a partnership. Mm -hmm. And... Yeah, I, I mean, I really relate to that feeling. There has been such a long stretch of time where I just, I know that I really love doing open relationships and having multiple people in my life that I love. I'm very much a Libra. I very much love love. Mm-hmm. And, like, the depths of my relationships vary, and that's exciting and different, and, like, they all serve, like, different parts of this, like web that has been woven Mm -hmm. but the fact is like up until like maybe last year I was doing relationships where I was just bending to men and like cis hetero men and they I would meet these people and like we'd have a connection and rather than doing the right thing for me which is to say we have this connection this is what I'm looking for and I'm not going to bend on that I was like okay well I'm gonna sidestep my needs and desires in these relationships to do monogamy with you and I have done that so many fucking times in my life I've done it like five or six times Mm -hmm. where I've gotten into monogamous relationships against my better judgment 
and I find that like they blow up in my face for some reason or other they all just blow up and it's like what why continue to do these patterns and these trends and now in the last several months as I'm like choosing how I date very particularly and being very communicative with the people that I am interested in and recognizing that like my interest in men is kind of waning and like I have same I'm dating more women I'm dating non-binary people and trans people and like people who are fully 100% accepting and understanding of what I want to do it's gotten a lot easier and I just feel like I have this room to breathe and I don't have to put on anything other than who I am mm-hmm. in those moments and it's like really exciting and validating but it's also like I'm starting a completely new chapter so essentially I'm going back to square one mm-hmm. and recognizing that like a monogamous relationship with a man is probably not what I'm going to be having in my life in terms of long-term partnership mm-hmm. And that's great to recognize that, but now I feel like I'm just, like, a fledgling. Like, I'm just, like, stepping out into this journey. Exciting, but also daunting and a little intimidating and, like, really fucking frustrating at points. Because I was like, I had this realization. This is so great. Why aren't the pieces falling into place? And that goes back to, like, what we were talking about before. And recognizing that, like, having an unconventional approach to relationships really does put you in a category that people don't understand. Mm -hmm. And, like, it's not the same kind of, like, discrimination that we see as, like, you know, against POC or trans people or, you know, like, people Mm -hmm. who are, like, that's that's who they are. It's, like, this this is a choice that I'm making, so at some point I can change it. But it does, like, it leaves a bad taste in some people's mouths. Mm -hmm. And people are, like, well, I don't under I just don't understand it. Yeah, I can see how people could be dismissive people are super dismissive of it and they're like oh you just like dating i was like no i don't like i like my partners Mm -hmm. and that's exactly what they are is partners and you know i I don't know it's just that's been a very frustrating experience especially like hearing it from friends and family but also hearing it from people i'm dating who are like oh i guess i just didn't understand what this was and i was like how Am I, like, miscommunicating? Like, Well, there's so you know? much, like, heteronormative modeling for us for what a relationship should be. Mm-hmm. And there, there are a lot of people who cannot shake that conditioning and shake that modeling. Um, and it's not for them. Right. You know? And it might not be for them to wrap their brains around, but also they're not for you. Right. And that was the other thing, too, is, like, I went to this wedding this past weekend for one of my best friends, and it was fucking beautiful. We all, within three minutes of the ceremony, were crying because we were all just like, oh, my God, we were Mm -hmm. so, the room was so full of love. And I haven't seen that much love at a wedding since my brother's wedding, which was, like, equally as phenomenal. And, like, we just had this really great time. And, like, granted, I had a couple French 75s. And they pack a punch. But I, like, remember sitting down at the table and, like, looking around at all my friends. And all of my friends had their person with them. And I had just broken up with someone that I viewed as a person. And it just was, like, so overwhelming and so difficult to realize that, like, a party and, like, a celebration like that and a celebration of love like that may never happen for me. And try Because, like, I do have those those same constructs. We all have those same constructs of, like... If you're not married, if you're not long-term partnered with someone, you've failed, that you've, 
you know, it's a societal conditioning that like has been put upon us. But it was one of those things where I was like, I just feel like so completely out, like an outsider looking in at love. And like, despite what I've been doing for the last several months, even years, it's like, it just holds up such a mirror to like make you look at what are you doing? What are you doing, quote unquote, wrong? What are the patterns you're falling into? And weddings have always made me feel super vulnerable. They Mm -hmm. used to make me feel really angry. Um, They don't do that anymore, which is nice. But, like, I just get really sad. Like, Mm -hmm. I hit a point in the evening. Granted, it's probably alcohol-fueled, but, like, Mm -hmm. the emotion's still there. Like, I just... And I had, like, six different friends after... On Sunday, when I was at work, they just came into the bar to, like, be like, Hey, are you okay? Because I was that much of a mess. And I was like that's tough. Like I've got so much love from friends and family and I do have love from my partners that I'm seeing. But the fact is like those people are seeing other people that they are quote unquote more partnered with. And I just lost the person that I was more partnered with. And it was like such a stark realization of like what, what I may have going forward of like what I'm looking for Mm -hmm. going forward. And it's ultimately a good thing, but it was just like, that was like, like you were saying, that was the knife to the gut yeah. feeling. But I think like so much of these things that are now coming into question are so in line with our Saturn return right yeah. now. Mm-hmm. Like I just listened to an astrology podcast and the only thing that the astrologer said definitively was do not get married during your Saturn return for security. Yeah. If you are with a person and like... You just want to get married because, like, you want to get... It just feels right. Then do it. That's fine. Like, you'll probably have a great relationship regardless of when you get married. Mm-hmm. But if you're getting married or shacking up or settling down or partnering with someone because of a fear of not being partnered mm-hmm. or because this person has something that can make me feel more stable or and secure in my life... It's not going to go over well. Yeah. Because this is a time where everything is so shaken up and like our concept of our structures of relationships and our concept as far as like who we are in relationships, our structures of everything are being dismantled. Mm -hmm. And so there is automatically fear and a depressive nature and like a want for answers and a want for like a tangible like solution solution. And they just are not present. And so I think that like just doing all of the like deep questioning and like reevaluating and just sitting with like what has been and what is now rather than trying to project what could be because mm-hmm. we don't know that. Yeah. Like I've had a lot of questions even in myself recently that's like, well, as a queer person, like how, why is it that I've only had serious relationships with men? Mm-hmm. You know? I'm like I've never necessarily thought too much about like being straight or being queer I've always just like been whoever I am Mm -hmm. and I in thinking about that and unpacking that like it was more validating to my ego to partner with a man Mm. given the conditioning that I have given just like my individual makeup it felt like more of a win Mm-hmm. you know in a way and that's my ego talking yeah but that's an amazing thing to acknowledge right and now that like I have sort of freed myself of mm-hmm. that of I mean it was just happenstance that I had three relationships with three men back to back to back 
And now that I have the space away from that mm-hmm. pattern to examine from like this distance, I can be like, there was so much of my ego mm-hmm. wrapped up in that relationship that it was not coming from an authentic place. Mm-hmm. I was not being completely vulnerable. I was mm-hmm. not really putting my whole self into it because it was only meant for a small part of me, you know? And now I'm looking for something, whenever that is, to really be an all-encompassing, all-in mind, body, and spirit, heart and soul, all of the things. Um, But I have to do the work on my end Mm -hmm. first in order to call in that sort of relationship. Absolutely. And that, like, that is another thing that I noticed. Like, in this breakup, when they were talking to me about it, they they had explained and i mentioned this to them so this isn't like if if they were listening right now they wouldn't it's not a big deal Mm -hmm. but i mentioned like i feel like this is a broad brush stroke but there are like kind of two schools of thought there are people who can do the work and do the personal growth and do the development and like do all the shit that we need to do in order to be our fully best selves in a partnership. And there are those people who fundamentally can't do that and they need to do that growth on their own. I'm one of those people. You're one of those people. Like, we line up with our growth in individual things. Mm-hmm. And I think with this person that I just had this breakup with, that is what they are experiencing. Yeah. And they're having this realization that they have been doing back-to-back-to-back-to-back relationships, particularly with cis men. Mm-hmm. And they're finding that, like, they're diving into their Saturn return and they're starting... The, they're getting into that like the all the shits like starting to all the atoms Problem. are starting mm-hmm. to like dick, 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 dick. Mm-hmm. so like they're having this like crisis and I from an outside higher self perspective have so much empathy for that and which is why I'm not angry in particular about anything that happened with this breakup but it was something where I was like I get it you need to do growth and being in an intense partnered relationship that maybe wasn't what you signed up for at the beginning isn't going to serve you. And I'm so thankful to them for like coming to me and being like, I can't, Yeah, you know, like ultimately that's why I know that this whole breakup experience is going to be okay. Right. I, I actually disagree to it to an extent. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's actually kind of next on the list. Okay. Um, I think that bringing your, wounds and your baggage and your hurt into a new relationship is sort of a a recipe for disaster Mm -hmm. because embarking in a new relationship also it's like you're signing a contract with yourself that's like we're doing this thing that takes bravery and courage and vulnerability and because of all of that we are putting ourselves in a position to be hurt. That's just the nature of a relationship Mm -hmm. is it's risky and it's vulnerable and it's exciting and it's new and it's all of these things. But if you are a hurt person, putting yourself in a position to potentially be hurt or be more hurt and you're neglecting the healing that needs to be done before that, it is... It's selfish and it is punishing the other person for the work you've neglected to do. I think what I meant in terms of the two schools of thought of like being able to be partnered and being needing to do this work individually was more so just like less of the like healing retrospective like 
internal work and more of the like growth into like oh yeah you know, yeah, like yeah. I, that's what I meant more so of it but like I completely agree with you like if you're bringing your shit and your baggage and your burdens just to jump into another relationship and be like well this person dropped it so here you go yeah that is fucked up well and it's also it's not gonna heal you no. like you're, you're healing you're just gonna keep doing the same shit right. over and over again your healing doesn't um will not be because of another person it will not be because of anything outside of yourself your healing comes when you reflect and like dive deep and sit with like where the hurt came from what your responsibility was in that like where you know just doing the fucking deep dive and sitting with it and it takes time and like I can't I can't wave a magic wand and be like you're ready now because that's just like not how it works and I also have to advocate for myself Mm -hmm. and the fact that I've done a ton of fucking work and I know at this point that whatever relationship I dive into will be a blank slate for me I'm not taking any of that shit other than like the work I've done to fill myself up and like understand my needs, my wants, my desires, my boundaries, my deal breakers, and everything in between. And knowing that that understanding makes me brave and courageous and willing to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. But it's that's not going to be a mutual thing if the person that you're sitting across from isn't also ready and emotionally available. Absolutely. Um, the last bit is knowing your deal breakers. Yeah. So I think that there, there are deal breakers that are like fundamental core values that you are not willing to change, not willing to budge, not willing to shift on. And then there are other things that come up that can change, that can be a compromise. Mm -hmm. But knowing what the things are that like you will not stand for and when they come up, not trying to change them or fix them, just knowing that like. Okay. Well, that happened. Now right. we're done. Not not for me. Mm-hmm. Great. Handshake. Wish you the best. Kiss on each cheek. Goodbye. Yes. Yep. I And I think those can be as, as fundamental as like some people don't want to get married. Some people don't want to have kids. Some people do this. Some people do that. Yeah, me. But also, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like then also recognizing like if someone does this particular thing, I will not fucking stand for it. If yeah. someone talks down to me, speaks abusively to me, or handles me in a way that I did not consent to, good fucking bye. Yeah. Because I've already been through that, and I'm never doing that again. Yeah. You know? I, um, one deal, the first thing I thought of, which is weird because it's it's very much shifted, but there was a time when my dad first passed away mm-hmm. of lung cancer that I was in a relationship, we were like two years into our relationship, um, with someone who was a smoker. And I was so viscerally triggered. Like, I would have a panic attack when he would go outside to smoke. Yeah. And it got to the point where I was like, I'm going to have to leave this relationship if if this continues to happen. It's like, I don't want to change you. I don't want to tell you what to do. But, like, at this point in my life, I can't be around it. Mm -hmm. And so there was, like... There was a shifting of behavior that happened. Yeah. And luckily at that point he was willing to compromise. Yeah. And that was just like a super raw space for me at that mm-hmm. point. And granted, like literally every partner I've ever have has had been a smoker. Like my 
all three serious relationships I was in back to back to back, all smokers. Mm -mm. But it was just at that time, it became a deal breaker where I was willing to leave something Mm -hmm. because it was so triggering. Yeah. Um, and I advocated Mm -hmm. for myself and like, we, we, we struck a balance. Um, so something that is a deal breaker can shift and change on your terms, but being clear and communicating that like, this thing is just a deal breaker from my perspective. It doesn't make you wrong. It doesn't make you bad. It just makes us incompatible. Right. Yeah. At this time. Yeah. So those are like my, my big things. Yeah. Um, I think that so much, at least for me, I think that so much of like cultivating healthy relationships, um, casual, sexual, surface, intimate, all of those sort of relationships do come from like an inward out place. Mm-hmm. And if you're searching for answers from an outward in situ- like circumstance, it might continue to reflect the patterns that you have been searching for and or that you've just been falling into in the first place. Right. And maybe try the inward out approach, you know, take Ch- stock, take inventory, yeah, do shake journal, try something new. Anytime I can get my, push my journaling, yeah. you know. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, mine is less structured because, uh, it's just going to be less structured. That's okay. Um, <laughs> but it'll be, it'll be fairly quick. Um, so if people are interested, so I'm coming at it from a perspective of, like, not having done monogamy for a while. Um, Being tricked into monogamy often, but not having done it for a while. Um, Because it's just not something that's serving me right now. And recognizing that, like, being in open relationships, having open relationship partner dynamics is really important to me. And I think that people have misconceptions and need clarification on, like, what this is. Mm -hmm. So we all know what monogamy is. You and me, we're doing this thing together and it's us. There are millions and millions of monogamous people in the world. There are millions and millions of people who are claiming to be monogamous and who are clearly not. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that gets into some shady, shitty territory, but I'm not here to judge. Um, But I think that people have misconceptions about, like, what does it mean to be polyamorous? What does it mean to be ethically non-monogamous? What does it mean to be in an open relationship? What does it mean to be casually dating? Those are all different things. Mm-hmm. Um, what I do is polyamory, which means I have multiple people that I'm seeing. And when I say multiple, I just mean more than one. Right. Like I'm not seeing eight different people that I am in love with. But even if you were great, but like, I just want to clarify. I think people hear polyamory and they're like, Jesus Christ, how many people are you dating? I'm You're like, dating 30 people. Yeah. I've got a whole fucking compound of people. Um, <laughs> no, but It just means more than one person. And for me, I love and am excited about the fact that I fully can be in love with two different people at one time. And I think many of us experience this emotion, like being in love with a partner and being in love with someone else. We've experienced all kinds of shades of love, platonic love, family love, relationship love. We can break up with someone that we were in love with and get into another relationship and be in love with that person. Love takes many, many forms. And... So my relationship dynamics are like, they vary. Like I have some people that I see fairly infrequently just based off of scheduling. Like I might see this person like once every, once a week, once Mm -hmm. every two weeks. And we have like a really great time and we have really fun dates 
and then we call it a night. And, like, sometimes we have, like, really fun, intense talks. And, like, sometimes we have sex. And sometimes we don't. And, like, it's whatever we want it to be. And then I have other relationships with people that I've been dating for a while now, like, year and a half, where it's, like, we do say I love you to each other. We are going out and, like, having these more, like, quote-unquote, like, traditional relationship dates. dates, you know? Like, you would, like... As a normal, normal, I say normal, as a person who we is We reject doing normal. We reject normal. <laughs> but then I also have people that are, like, coming into my sphere who I'm like, what's going on here? And it's very fun and exciting because it's a new thing and it's a new person and a new dynamic. Um, so, like, for polyamory, like, you can paint it however you want. You can have, you, you know, like, a primary partner that is, like, your person that maybe you live with, maybe you're married to... And that you two are dating the same person and like maybe all three of you live together or, you know, maybe the two of you date people separately and like maybe those two people date. So you've got a square dynamic going on. There's a lot of geometry in polyamory. It's very fun. Um, You could be doing like a V where like one person is dating two different people, but they're like those two aren't dating. You could do a triangle. You can do pentagram, whatever the fuck you want. I don't give a fuck. Pentagram. Whatever, the great thing about it is, like, you get to decide and you get to have conversations with these people and be like, what does this look like for us? Like, you get to kind of take the Etch-A-Sketch and shake it and, like, create something new. Mm -hmm. And it's really fun and exciting. And, like, that's kind of what polyamory is. Whereas, like, ethical non-monogamy is more like, it's, and, and, um, like, open relationships are more about people who are partnered Mm -hmm. and have this primary person but there's an understanding that there's also other people that they're seeing, but they always kind of come back to this one person. Right. And like, you know, those, have, those people have different rules and different things. And they're always like, everybody's always got a different set of, I don't like saying rules. I don't like saying, um, like veto veto is really shitty. Like anybody who has veto power in a relationship, that's my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. Like if we were dating and you were like, you can't date that person, I'd be like, whoa, okay, that's not cool because what if I were to do that to you? And it gets into this, like, tit-for-tat thing where it's Mm -hmm. like, well, you did this, so I'm going to do this. Or, like, you started dating that person, so I'm going to date this person. And that's an easy trap to fall into. But I think if you just have, a like, a code of morals Mm -hmm. and a code of ethics of how you treat each other, and I think back to the film I was in um, where they were talking about, like, going over the rules of the relationship because it's a movie about polyamory, and the only rules were there are three relationships going on because there was a triangle. And if anyone is feeling any particular kind of way, we talk about it. Mm-hmm. We're always talking about it. You're talking about your relationship until the end of time. Mm-hmm. More than anything, polyamory, open relationships is about communication. And it's about honest communication. And... As time goes on and when you're using, like, this honest communication, like, uh, code of ethics, it, yes, you have those uncomfortable conversations where, like, we've all been in that position where you're like, I think I might be out of love with the person I'm dating and I started feeling interested in this person and you sit with it and you sit with it and it festers and it's horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you're having these conversations on a regular basis, yeah, it's uncomfortable it's not super great. It's but a little like squiggly, practice, though. but you're practicing practice it. Perfect. And perfect. like, for me, like having that information, having that honesty makes me feel valued. Mm-hmm. It, I feel so, so valued in those moments where someone has 
the foresight and the respect for me as a person to be like, this is what's going on. And telling me upfront right away is such a good communication tactic for me personally, Mm -hmm. which is why going back to this breakup that just happened, when they came to me, they were like, this is what's going on. I'm feeling this particular way. I'm still seeing this person and I feel really fucked up about it. And it was hard. Like we just had two very serious conversations back to back. And like, granted, they're not always as serious when you have conversations about dating other people or what's going on emotionally. But it was like, at the end of it, I know that the two of us are going to be fine individually and that we will likely be able to be friends going forward Mm -hmm. because there was this level of respect and honesty that went into it. Um, and I think that that is one of the things that if people are, are doing like good poly practices, just kind of comes naturally of like communication and honesty and just like true caring and love for people. Yeah. You're learning about your relationships and having we're dabbled in I was dating a polyamorous person um, briefly between relationships. It's like literally the only dating I've done in 10 years. And now here we are. But um, I, I've learned, I don't think that I Mm -hmm. am polyamorous. I don't think that that's the model for me, but there's so much great, like juicy insight to take from polyamorous relationships. And the fact that there is no model to follow And I really love kind of building my own version of monogamy Mm -hmm. and like allowing the principles of sort of like structuring a relationship, a polyamorous relationship, however suits the people involved is very much appealing to me in my relationships. Like I don't need my relationship to look like anything I've seen in a movie Mm -hmm. or anything that happened. And I think that like in, in this past relationship that I was in, um, when it came to a point where a year in we faced some cheating, mm-hmm. it really allowed me to understand that my threshold for a relationship is a lot broader than I mm-hmm. thought it was, mm-hmm. that it wasn't the deal breaker that I thought it was. Right. Um, and it allowed me to shift my perception of our mo- monogamous relationship and open up the idea of like, not to say that we were inviting cheating or anything, but inviting the idea that we can um, rework after betrayal. Right. Where that, I didn't know that that was a structure that was acceptable. Right. And also doing away with what is acceptable and just doing what feels right for you. Mm-hmm. So um, I've taken so much of like the notion that it doesn't have to be one thing and am looking to build something moving forward that is unique to the partnership that I'm in Mm -hmm. and might not look or feel or appear to be traditional. Right. Right. Whatever I'm in won't be traditional because I've got Uranus in the seventh house. So it's going to be, it's going to be weird either way. Right. Right. Um, And I think that... um, if you're interested in open relationships or it's something that you're really curious about, um, 
You can always message me. I'm we also did saying, an episode. We didn't. I want to say it was like it was a while back. 18 or 19, like maybe one of those yeah. numbers. I mean, you can feel free to message me about it, but like I think ultimately what it boils down to, and this is again broad brush, stro- broad brush strokes, but a relationship is a contract between two people. Truly, like that's what it is. It's a contract. There's an agreement, there's an understanding of what the expectations are and what each person is going to contribute. And those are varying shades from casual to marriage, like Mm -hmm. the whole spectrum of dating. Um, And remembering and recognizing whether you're doing open relationships or poly relationships or whatever, you know, or, or a monogamous relationship, Understanding that there is a contract and that there's an understanding here, but that nothing is ever set in stone. Well, you get to and write the contract. You get it's to full, write the contract, like, and it's a living document. Right. It's like you can feel free to like download some Google template mm-hmm. of a existing contract and start there, mm-hmm. but you don't have to lock yourself into anything. Yeah. Knowing that, like you, in your partnerships, whether it's two people or. Three, 45 people that you're all individuals Mm -hmm. who are continuing to grow and transform and learn more about themselves. And as that transformation evolution happens, like tweaking may need to happen. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that like with change, everything has to fall apart. Right. But if you within your partnership have the open line of communication and the foundation of compassion and respect to, to evolve with your individual evolutions, mm-hmm. then that's fucking magic. Yeah, it really is. I've never, I mean, I don't know that I've ever done that, but like, I really like the idea of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, little bit of reading material for those of you out there. Um, Ethical Slut is a great book. Mm-hmm. Um, More Than Two is a great book, although it gets a little like fucking weird sometimes. I'm like, Jesus, what? Like even... Grain me, of salt. Grain, grain of, of salt. salt. Take it all with a grain <laughs> of salt. Um, the other thing that I wanted to talk about as like a more like tangible tips, tricks, and quillets, um, is, so I went to Planned Parenthood today. Yes, um, we love. Because I was having some weird cervical twinging, and I was like, uh, and I googled it, and like the top five things were like, you're pregnant, and I was like, that's fucking impossible right now. <laughs> um, so I went in, and I got tested, and I like did my whole annual, I did a pap smear, I did all of the things, and I just want to say, Whatever world you're living in, and if you are having sex with another person or other persons, be fucking safe and smart about it. Like, this is all stuff that, like, we quote-unquote know, but it's all shit that, like, our sexual education has been woefully lacking in this Mm -hmm. country. So, if you're having sex with other people, especially if you're, like, in a relationship where you have a a bunch of different partners, or you're dating casually and you're having sex with people, um... Protect yourself mm-hmm. because ultimately that is such an act of self-love. So that whether that be condom use, if that is like barrier protection is a great idea, especially if you are with people in a more casual setting, if you are with more than one person, it is so important not only to like you're protecting their health and well-being, but you're also protecting yourself. And that is so what this whole fucking podcast is about, like giving yourself love and keeping yourself safe mm-hmm. while you grow and change and exhibit all this stuff in the world. So safe sex practices, um, you know, any kind of like contraceptive, if that is something that you are, you know, looking to avoid having babies, then take steps to make sure that that's a thing. And there are a lot of really great accessible ways to yes. get birth control these days. There yes. are apps. Yeah. Um, 
fuck, I can't think of what it's called, but there's an app that like every podcast is um is advertising that you can get like you can just order it through the app and it comes to your house like we're even with the administration that we have like we have innovated ways of taking care of ourselves in that way so utilize that yeah yeah and planned parenthood is a great resource for these as well we stand yeah stand stand the plan for sure yes um (laughs) So yes, so barrier protection, birth control, also regular STI screenings because there's such a stigma in this country about sexually transmitted infections. And we have this thing of like, are you clean? Are you this? Are you that? And that's just such fucking shitty language. But it's, are you getting tested regularly? Do you know your status? And that goes across the board, status for something like that is more treatable or status for things like HIV and things like that that are super communicable. There's also a study that came out recently that young women are now on the rise for HIV. Like it is, it's something that is still fucking happening in this world. If we didn't live through the eighties and nineties, like we've already seen the fucking damage that this does and how little support the government gives people in terms of this. And it's such a dark fucked up past thing for like queer culture and Mm -hmm. like people in general. And so just going in, getting your screening, it takes like 15, 20 minutes. It's so important. If you're continuing to sleep with new people, um, if you are, if you've got new partners in the last six months, mm-hmm. going in and getting tested is of the utmost yeah. importance. And also because there is so much stigma and so much shame around STIs and sexually transmitted infections, we're not given the information that like they're super common. Mm-hmm. Like Things like BV and trichomonas and Mm -hmm. chlamydia, all of those things just take antibiotics. It's, like, not really a big deal. They are, of course, there's, like, a spectrum of STIs, but there are so many that are, like, pretty much, like, part and parcel of just having sex with people. So, like, also being kind to yourself, doing your own research and your own education so that you can like shake off some of that shame that society placed on you. Like yep. you didn't you didn't volunteer for that. No. But you also don't have to hold it either. Right. Right. And using your common sense. That's a big one. Yeah. Dating and common sense are like big. Yeah. They go hand in hand. Yeah. So they exercise really your common sense. <laughs> they really go hand in hand. Yay. Yay. Um, do we want to do a couple of the questions? Yeah, I think we have a, a little bit of time for that. Right? I forgot what they are. That's okay. I have them right here. Hold, please. All right. So I'll do some of the shorter ones just because we're kind of yeah. getting to the end here. Yeah, but this is a juicy um, episode. This is a so juicy It's episode. a little long. Okay, um, so we'll do like <clears throat> rapid fire questions. These are questions I texted you earlier. So Okay. Um, What's your favorite date idea? Um, I love an experience. Yeah. Like, um, I, I had a dream recently that I was on like a fantasy date and we literally just went to the museum and guessed the names of all of the paintings and whoever was closest won. That's so fun. I love it. So I love just like, uh, going somewhere, being silly and, like, sharing, like, little parts of yourself 
in maybe not even the most vulnerable way, but like in a fun way. Yes. I agree fully with that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Experience is like super important to me. And like, um, coming up with new ideas of like, yeah, I love dinner in a movie, but I also love like taking a walk by the lake or like Mm -hmm. going to a concert or like going to a movie or like even just like uh, one of my favorite dates was like wine in a water bottle, walking to Winnemac Park and just walking through the park. Yeah. I love a date like that. Oh, so good. Um, those are really intense questions. I'm going back through the questions. I was like, those will take us another 30 minutes to go over. Um, what's the scariest thing you've ever done in a relationship? Um, so the two, there are two things. Um, one was in a relationship and one was just like recently in meeting someone. Um, but the scariest thing I ever did in a relationship was, um, being willing to move past betrayal and and Mm -hmm. being willing to move past cheating and reconciling where that hurt landed and what, um, what effect it had on me and allowing us both to sort of like heal together. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the other thing, which is like, so not in my character and I still like kind of can't believe that I did it was I just like, I flew a thousand miles for a date. Yeah. And I still, um, I still think it was, like, one of the best things I've ever done. It just, like, was such an act of, like, intuitive knowing that, like, this was going to be cool and whatever came of it was, like, fine. But, like, I knew that I had to just, like, experience this person. Um, and I'm still grateful for it. I love it. Yeah. What about you? Um, I think anytime the words I love you come up, there's such a, it's, it's scary. Like it's scary anytime. And I've like, I've been in love with so many people over the course of my life that it's like, it's just an, I'm a Libra. <laughs> I'm a Libra with a Scorpio Venus. I'm in love. Um, but anytime it comes up, it's scary. And anytime I love you becomes anything other than I love you, even though that's the word that you're using, that's scary. Mm-hmm. And it can take on a certain level of like, darkness and fear um so I think definitely saying I love you is really scary I think um really like this past year like going out on a limb and saying like monogamy is not something that I want to do and recognizing that that's an unknown and like really owning being a queer person and like being in a fully immersed queer ass fucking relationship dynamic for the first time ever since um, I had my horrible, horrible breakup with that mm-hmm. couple that is now engaged. Um, but recognizing that, like, that was the first time I had, like, been in love with a woman since that trauma. And recognizing that, like, it can be okay and that there is growth that can come from that. And that, um, you know, like, being with people who are not cis het men and like breaking down that construct for me it was like it's so great Mm -hmm. it's so it like it's so liberating that it's liberating but it's also like that yeah that one's more of an scary rather than a like uh uh-oh but like kind of like a coochie twinge little coochie twinge not a cervical twinge a coochie twinge very different the good kind the good kind (laughs) the kind that makes you go (laughs) yes um in a few words what are you looking for? Oh, I've actually been asked this question recently. Um, 
ultimately I am, the thing I keep going back to is like the living situation. Mm -hmm. Like in my mind, in my perfect world, I would have like a three or four bedroom place and like I would have my own bedroom and whoever else I was dating at the time would have their own bedrooms and then we'd have like a shared space and like you know, in, like, a fancy-ass condo and, like, waking up and, like, being able to have breakfast with these people, but mm-hmm. also knowing that I can seek my solitude when needed and that I can have other people in my space and that it's respected and cared for and, like, supported Yeah, um, is something that is really exciting to me. There is a part of me that is, like, I'm open to the idea of marriage. I don't know that it's necessarily going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not something that I'm, like, sending out into the universe of like I want this to happen but it's something where I'm like I I want someone or someone's to be on this ride with me for a while yeah um I always look for honesty above all mm-hmm. vulnerability communication great sex yeah because yes. life is too short to have bad sex no that's very important yeah humor yeah um and someone who'll bring me pizza rolls when I really need them. I will bring you pizza rolls. Oh my god, are we really... dating? <laughs> what have we been doing this whole fucking time? We're just life mates. We're li- <laughs> like you're the longest partnership I've ever had. Oh my god. <laughs> what about you? Um. So I would actually say my biggest takeaway from pulling that lovers card so often is the deck that I'm using. Um, the description for the lovers card has like reverberated through my whole being for like the last few months and it is a balancing of opposites dancing in partnership Mm. and that so much speaks to what I want in a relationship I want to be two autonomous individuals who hold space for each other who cheer each other on. Like, I want someone who invests their time and energy into doing something that they love. And I want to be proud to cheer them on. Right. And I want it reciprocated. I want someone to be enthusiastic about the things I'm enthusiastic about. Like, you don't have to watch reality TV with me. I would never make anyone do that. But, you know, someone who doesn't dismiss the things that I, that really light me up. Yeah. Um, and people that accept this like strange sort of path that I'm on. Mm -hmm. I also recognize that like there is a discrepancy and I've, that has been like very much solidified in learning about my astrology that it becomes very surprising to people when I get serious or like when I catch feels, I get super serious Like, as a person, I am, like, a go-with-the-flow, whatever-happens, abstract thinking, like, in-the-clouds, alien-type person. But my cat, Venus, like, zooms in when feelings get involved, and I'm like, let's get down to fucking business. Mm -hmm. I don't have time to waste. Mm -hmm. And it surprises people, and it's Mm -hmm. kind of jarring to people. And I think that finding someone with that, not necessarily that juxtaposition, but that someone that can handle and accept the polarity of that Mm -hmm. and like the strange 
like combination of energy that that is and yeah. accepts me for who I am and allows me to feel like I am acceptable as the person that I am. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a really big one. I think that right now I'm still kind of in that space of fear. That's like, I don't want to get attached to anyone because I don't want to lose myself. And like, I'm in this space where I'm like, I don't want to lose myself. I've gotten, I've come so far. Like I really just don't want to lose myself. And I am really looking for someone who like celebrates my wholeness because I want nothing more to, than to extend that to someone else. Like I want to take someone for who they are and accept all of them. And, um, that's what I'm just like calling in. Mm. Like I want it to be okay to be me. And that's never been the case before. Yeah. I actually, um, was like free. I was, I was texting a friend of mine and I was like kind of free. I was like, do you mind if I just like free write at you? And they were like, yeah, go ahead. So I like, it's so funny that you bring this up because I think it's like important Mm -hmm. (laughs) that I have noticed is like, um, so I, I just like kind of free dumped this stuff and I just said, do you know what I want? (laughs) And, uh, they were like, go for it. (laughs) Um, so I wrote to disappear off the map for a bit to find a tranquil place outdoors, a large bath or pool or lake or ocean and just fucking be no Instagram, no dating apps, no media or content to just sit and be on earth to not worry about being too much or loving too loud. To feel alone but not lonely. To connect genuinely and not have it be fraught or hard or complex or not the right time. To not be living in the city and hustling and scraping by and feeling like someday I'll get around to what brings me joy. To not be deemed too much or too little of anything. Too emotional, too intense, too wild, too weird. Not young enough, not pretty enough, not exactly what we're looking for. Too unconventional. To not hear the fucking phrase, I love you, I think you're great, I just don't know what to do with you ever again in my life, personally or professionally. To have all of these wild stories give way to something more real in every area of my world. I cannot be contained and I don't want to be, I don't want that to be viewed as a flaw, a punishable offense. Yeah, that fucking resonates for sure. I think that that notion of being too much has always been something that has plagued me yeah. and feeling that my seriousness when it comes to relationships, I have, I have compromised in so many ways. Like I had an old pattern that luckily I broke of like just seeking out people who were completely unavailable, who it was completely always unrequited, who didn't want to see me because I was afraid to be seen as too much. And so I latched on to people who really wanted nothing to do with me just so I could like filter my energy somewhere, but not be seen, not be vulnerable and not present myself as my full person to be rejected and be like, this is too much for me. I feel like I'm battling that right now where it's like, I don't want to scare anyone away. Mm. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to bombard. I don't want to bother. I don't want to annoy anyone. But also, like, to know me and to accept me and to love me is to know what I'm thinking and feeling all the time. Like, I'm the most expressive person. And I'm also accepting that I'm a person that, like, 
needs a certain amount of attention mm-hmm. and like that that's okay mm-hmm. um it's not the same as like needing validation for me but i need to know that i'm thought of i need to know that i'm continuing to be seen mm-hmm. um and that those parts of me could be perceived as too much but like i have to accept that that's inherently part of my makeup All right, folks. Well, we got cut off um, because we were talking so intensely and my computer died. And that's what happens when you that's bring up happens. real shit. So, um, Thank you for listening. Yeah. I hope that this resonated. I hope that this sparks questions and conversations around relationships in your own life. Um, feel free to like reach out to us to continue the conversation. Um, I feel like it's really important and we're not taught this in school. We're not taught Mm -hmm. this in life, but there are so many ways to make sure that we are taken care of on our end before, during, and after the process of dating and being in a relationship. Yep. I agree. All right, kids. We're signing off. We love you. We love you. Bye. Bye.